Dragons had dicks. The fucking trolls had dicks. So are you saying you rubbed one out to a jogger with a with a big old dick hanging down? It was actually a troll. Like it's like a wet patty. How do you think Smurfs fuck? With dicks? Yes. But they don't. But some so, of them are butt naked, aren't they? Bart naked? <laughs> no, they all have pants. What do you? They all wear pants. Yeah, but for what? For their dicks. Gargamel. What I'm wondering is, if, do they come in themselves? Told me not to come in myself. <laughs> And now, tonight's presentation. Hey guys! Hey guys! Hey! 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 Hi! Hi! Hello! How you doing? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Flick Chicks. I'm Sheridan. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are talking about creep show. Creepiest show in the, the world. Yeah. Is creepy. What was the year that it came out? Uh, 1982. That was just a great a year. year after final exam. <laughs> just a year after 1981. It's yep. crazy. And right before 83, dude. What? Yeah. Shut the fuck, dude. Uh, it was a crazy time. Uh, <laughs> So I'm super excited because uh, not only do we get to talk about this awesome movie, but we also get to talk about it with our special guest. Special guest. Woo, 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 He's a special guest. We have in the studio, Be More. Oh my God, I get to talk now. You're here. <laughs> no, that was good. I just wanted to let you guys go. That was really, that was something. It was magic. That was a really good intro. Do you, you guys feel, bring it. Do you feel good about it? I do. You awesome. feel strong about it? About your intro or mm-hmm. just life in general? <laughs> Both. Are, are, are they interchangeable? Who? All right, moving on. Hey! Um, <laughs> so you're coming all the way from... Colorado. Colorado, yes. yes. Did what? you want me to say that or did you forget? No, I knew that. Oh, okay. I almost said your city name and I was like, you know what? No. Yeah, well, if you want to get technical, I'm from Thornton, Colorado. Where's that? And 20, in- 20 minutes north of Denver. Oh, that's not far at all. That's like an average drive in Phoenix for us. Anywhere. Yeah. 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 It's like you guys and I think like downtown Phoenix probably. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That sort of distance. That's I've, a nice distance. I've only one. been to Colorado once and it was very awesome. I really like Colorado. It's a really great place. Um, it's not as hot as here. So I prefer it on that level right now. <laughs> but you guys are probably yeah, way you, better in the winter. You picked a like... <laughs> I know, I picked the worst time. <laughs> I ran into this lady at the gas station when I was coming up. She's just like, you going to Phoenix? Just pass it through? Like, yeah, I'm going to stay for a few days. She's like, good fucking luck. Yeah. It's really <laughs> hot. I think it was 110 yesterday. Dude. <sighs> yep. Whoa. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're here. We're all here to talk about uh, Creepshow. Uh, because I think it's pretty safe to say that, like, uh, it's one of our favorites. Yes, yeah. by far. Always, it always has been, maybe my whole life, as far back as I can remember, been one of my favorite movies. I'm so sad that I did not watch this until I was an adult. Like, I, again, if you, you got longtime listeners of the podcast know that, like, horror is a very new genre to me, so I didn't get into it until I was an adult. So I saw this, and but it, like, quickly became, like, my favorite genre. I, like, ate it up. So I didn't see this movie until, like, 10 years ago, and it, it, like, blew my fucking mind. That's not too bad, though. That's still, like, a good, like, impressionable age where you'd be like, what is this? Dude, it changed my life. Because, like, I I don't know. I always thought, I always put horror comedy in this sort of, like, trashy, 
category. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't really, like, yeah, yeah it's funny because it's stupid, not because it's actually funny. And, like, but this is, just like the tagline says, it's the most fun you'll have while being scared. Yes. Like, it's, it's just it's, so there's fun. A, there's a perfect line, I think, you can make between the horror and the comedy, and some of them do really bad with it, skew towards one end too much or the other. This yeah. one is, like, right on the line of, like, all the stories are super serious. It comes across like a horror movie, but the acting will be over the top. Yeah, it can't exactly. Be just little little sprinkles of well, like absurdity. It helps that you have these like two kings of horror behind it. You have George Romero directing and Stephen King writing. Like, how could you can't yes. go wrong? Yes, like, that's that's a dream team too. And I didn't know for the longest time that George A. Romero was involved because he's like one of my favorites. I love his dead movies. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead might be my favorite movie of all I, time. I have to point out to the listeners that he's wearing a Day of the Dead shirt. I right am. I, yeah. Uh, I, I felt like that was a good move today. Very appropriate. Bring the vibes. Yeah. He's uh, always been one of my favorites, but I didn't know for a while that he directed it. Yeah. And I didn't know Stephen King was involved in it and acted in it. I watched it so many times before I realized that was Stephen King. Dude, it's... I had no idea until just recently any, any of that. But that's yeah. me. I don't know a lot about, uh, like, you know. Well, that's the cool stuff, thing about but... this movie is there's so many little details. Right. There's so many actors you've seen from other things. There's yes. so many the, I, makeup I, artists and lighting guys from other horror movies that exactly. they all brought together for this. Right. Exactly. There. I mean, the cast in this is, like, it's fucking great. It's yes. Ted Danson, yep. Leslie Nielsen. I mean, these are some of, like, my favorite actors all in one movie in this like incredible horror anthology movie and it's fucking great uh so we have a story we have all of these i think all five stories were written by king and i think only one of them was already a short story before this right so he just like he's just churning out these fucking stories dude i can't like fathom stephen king's brain he writes so many books mm -hmm. he just and like every horror story is different every single one and i'm like i'm floored by that guys i you can't go wrong with this movie because it's stephen king like i'm a very diehard stephen king fan that's why i love this movie so much obviously because of george romero too but you know it would be good based on the stephen king alone i think it's just all the other elements that conspire it's just like a super group well in, like in, in movie form in any other i feel like on paper this movie was doomed to be bad because it's like it was early 80s this kind of vignettes of like horror comedy shorts like i don't know that doesn't that wouldn't sell to me but because you put those two names on there that's what makes it that's what, i mean this is like the cult classic yeah that's opinion. a really good point too because the horror comedy thing hadn't really evolved into that i don't think yet. Right. like the one that i can think around then is like evil dead obviously but right like they weren't trying to be funny but it was right and i think so probably only evil dead one was around probably at this time and that's why i made so much money the guys this movie only costs like eight million dollars to make it made $21 million in the box office, which in the early um, 80s... No, that's... Yeah, that's twice your investment. That's crazy. For a horror comedy, like, that blew my mind. I um, thought, like, this movie was, like, <clears throat> how music is for me. Like, I like how music sounds before I listen to the words. And mm -hmm. then I listen to the words and I'm like, oh, my fucking God, this yeah. is so beautiful. And that's how this was for me because the cinematography... And the soundtrack, the score, yes. dude, 
fucking that's the first thing that got the me the lighting a child. is amazing and you know i movie. love it. this type of lighting is my jam i have it in my bedroom your bedroom looks like a creep show horror scene it really does i, I every don't time have... i walk in there i feel like i'm gonna die i <laughs> yeah i know uh, <laughs> that's what i was going for there's no regular lights because i like the way that that look that looks and then the stories that come into play it just fits so perfectly together like the best type like your favorite type of cereal well, and, like, some of these shots are, like, straight from horror comics. Like, yes. this is a comic book movie. Like, this mm-hmm. is a, a defining comic book movie. It goes in and out of, like, comic book animations, which, honestly, I'm not, okay, I'm not going to touch on this too much because I know that you guys haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen the series uh, Creepshow, the new series that just came out on Shudder, um, this is what I feel like it lacks, is the, the comic. There's no right. comic book aspect right. to it, which really sucks. And, uh, and it tries to take itself too seriously. So, like, instead of, like, these comics are super over-the-top and crazy, and they're creepy, but they're not meant to genuinely scare you. Right. And, like, not in a, like, disturbing kind of way. And these ones, I, the new ones, I feel, try to be, like, scary. Yeah, yeah, really yeah this one was very tongue-in-cheek, and, like, I, I agree with you. I love the presentation. I'm a big comic book guy. I have been my whole life. I was telling Chelsea, one of my all-time favorite comic book artists, did a lot of the art on Creep Show, oh, like, cool. where you see the, the live-action shots fade into the comic book form. That's a oh. lot of those. I think maybe all of them, if not a lot of them, were Bernie Wrightson. Whoa. Was this old school comic guy? He uh, he was the original artist on Swamp Thing. Oh, okay, cool. Which is one of my all time favorites. So they got guys from the comic book universe too, even That's to pitch good. in on this and like make it amazing. And they made it a they made it a horror comic after this movie came out because it, I mean it was so successful. Mm-hmm. I would love to cop a copy of that. They oh. have that, and they also have um. I'm really spacing on the name right now. It's like Tales of something. Tales of the Crypt. No, or. Uh, or, no, 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 it's Creepy. I think that's what it is. Creepy Magazine, something like that. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. It's a similar similar thing. I would be very into seeing something like that. I have, to t- I have to stop for a moment and tell you, or ask you guys, because this is very, very important, and we totally swiped over it. How was your week, Sheridan? It was It was really good. Um, Actually, yeah, we forgot to mention at the top of the episode that Chelsea and I were interviewed for... Uh, the Midnight Barn was yeah, Zach Slosher. Uh, it, was a, it was over Skype, yeah. but it, it's going to be on YouTube. We'll release a link for that. It is on YouTube right now. You can watch really? it right now. Oh, my God. Uh, you can go to YouTube and type acting off. We're going like this. Type in the Midnight Barn, and uh, and you'll find you'll find our interview on there. And it was so fun. Was we had really a lot of fun. fun. Uh, we, we needed just, like, a fun chat with one of our really good friends in, in the horror uh, world. So... Uh, go follow their podcast, Trash Blood Horrorcast. They're fucking hilarious. If you guys love us, then you will love them. Like, they just get high and talk about movies and they whatever the fuck they want. And at the end of every episode, they have a their own revised script for, like, uh, horror movies that they, like, continue off of into, like, weird-ass stories. And, like, it's really fucking funny and really cool. Uh, so follow their shit on Instagram. Uh and also Slasher app. I think they're on Slasher app. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was really tight. Uh, shout out to them. <laughs> shout out to Zach for letting us do that. Uh, how's your week? It was great. This week was really, really great. It was a lot of, like, a whole week of anticipation. Yeah. Because um, Brett was coming from Colorado to come and meet me for the first time. Woo-hoo-hoo. And uh, 
Now he's my boyfriend. What? <laughs> no one's told me this. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I accepted. I accepted the call. <laughs> there was consent. To there was arms. consent. No, yeah. I actually, I had to ask. You made me ask you in person. I did. It was worth it. So I had to keep telling everyone you were like my weird Arizonan friend. <laughs> you guys I kept calling him so my guy. Cute. <laughs> he's my He's my dude. He's my guy. He's my bro. Now he's my boy. He's my dude. Uh, <laughs> wait, so, wait. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's been a really great weekend. Yeah. How was your week? Yeah, Brad. It was good. Um, I don't remember what I did most of the week, but I remember I drove a lot. Was it yesterday, the day before yesterday? The day before. And then yesterday, we were in the car a lot, too, but just driving around having fun. It's actually been really good, I guess. Yeah. Because I don't remember the week before this, but I'll just count these few days. They've been great. <laughs> Best time I've had in Arizona, for sure. <laughs> so, um... But I did want to also take this time to let everybody know uh, a little bit about Flick Chicks and kind of where we stand. Oh, yeah. I feel like this, I I talked to Chelsea about this, and I feel like we both came to the conclusion that this was something that we wanted to talk about before this episode, because this week has been filled with a lot of heightened, scary emotions, shitty things, and I don't want us to be... I don't want us to not talk about it. Mm -mm. We need to be very clear about this. Yeah, I want to, and I think that, you know, we, Chelsea and I agree on everything and we've, if I can speak for you, um, we are with the protesters in Minneapolis and around the country. We are with the black community. We are with everybody who is taking a stand. Yeah against police brutality and we are not going to be silent about it. And what's going on right now is it needs to happen because it, we need to fucking do something. You guys like it's time. It's, it's time to stand up and, you know, and say that we are not going to be a country of racism anymore. We're not going to go unheard anymore and we are not we can't let more innocent black people die we are with black lives matter so and if you don't like it get the fuck out and if you are a good cop if you truly are a good cop then you need to be standing with the protesters you don't need to be standing against you need to fucking punch your buddies in the face if you're a cop and yeah that's what it takes for me if you're a good cop like fucking take your buddy into the bathroom beat the shit out of him hold people fucking accountable if you are in public and you are seeing any type of racism period you need to fucking say something don't fucking turn a goddamn cheek anymore nope be be the person that you think yeah and i don't think it's anything to be like even afraid about because most people i think are on this page yeah you know even if they don't agree with the the entire protest, most people are like not okay with racism. And so it's okay to like make a stand. If you're at home you're at. right now and you feel outraged, don't just sit behind your computer. Don't just sit behind your phone. You need to be researching and finding ways to be a voice within your community. You need to find out what laws are being exhibited within the civil or the fucking department police departments yep. and you're you need to be talking to government officials you need, and you need to do something and if you are on your you know on your computer or on your phone just be donating 
donate, 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 donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Donate yeah, to there's so many George ways you can do family. little things. So, so yeah, we just, we wanted, we needed to say something because I want to, I also want to use our platform to speak and this is what we believe and we will fight with, we will fight with you. We will, we will fight with the black community. Like I'm fucking done guys. I'm done seeing innocent black people die. I'm, I can't do it anymore. So so yeah, so that's us. That's this week. Thank uh, you for hearing us. Thank you for listening to that. Uh, I needed to get that off my chest. So um, we can continue on to our discussion about Creep Show because mm-hmm. it is such a good movie and it is kind of just what we needed after this week. That's true. It was a heavy week and that was like watching this with some good levity. Yeah, so that I'm, I'm looking forward to just a fun conversation about this movie, which... Uh, we will we'll get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Guys, this uh, this movie doesn't have so much a cold open as it does like a prologue, I guess. Uh, there's a young boy named Billy who is, uh, fun fact, Stephen King's son. I'm still tripping about Little that. Joe. I feel like maybe I've heard maybe I've heard that before, but like that sounds <laughs> new to me. And I thought I knew almost everything about this movie, so that's really cool. Yeah. So a uh, little little baby Joe. Joe King, Joe Hill now, I guess, uh, is being, I guess, disciplined by his dad for reading a horror comic. Ooh. Uh, like, what is his father In doing? In the 80s. What is his father doing for a living? Like, uh, just being a Christian overlord? I don't know, but... Well, that was, a, that was a, like a real thing in the stuff. 80s, though. It's just like, uh, people were really against comics. They were really were against they really? horror comics. Yeah, sure. well, I mean, uh, they had this whole. I can't. I probably can't explain it that well. There was this politician that went on this like big tirade, basically, about how comics are like really affecting the brains of the youth, and they they kind of came up with a system almost like the ESRB for games. Uh-huh. You know, this like comics have to go through this certain code of conduct, and because they're appealing to the youth, so it has to have this, this, and this. They were really strict on comics for a while, and that was about the time that was happening. Right. You know, so there was a lot of parents in the U.S. who, like, if they caught their kids with comics, they're like, why are you reading this trash? This will literally that. rot your brain. Like, they thought it was pot, you know? But I didn't know that. That's so cool. Can I point out, though, that I think it's really funny that, so, like, his dad, the dad punishes this kid for reading Creepshow and goes, he, like, throws it in the trash, goes downstairs, and he's telling his wife, like, you, you know, you don't like him reading that horror crap, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, he goes on to describe, like, every single story in this comic. Like, well, yeah, he did not he just read, sit down totally and read the whole fucking thing. He totally read it. Totally like, read it. He, loved he loved it. it. Yeah, yeah exactly. he probably did love it. Uh, he even loved slapping his kid. He left a massive handprint on his child's face. Dude, it was, yeah, he slapped the shit out of him. And, like, but it's so, I like, it's kind of, he's, makes me laugh, though, because the kid talks like a demonic. He does. He, go, he goes child. from just little Billy to Damien, like, right away. He's like, I hope you rot in hell. Like, Jesus. And that look he gets on his face in the intro. Yeah. So after he, he condemns his dad's soul to hell, he is met with a puppet skeleton. In dude, that the, thing dude, is so great. Cool. That shit haunted my it. dreams when I was a kid. I used to always look at my window and picture that fucker floating up. Just like, hey, Brad. <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> that was my life every night, just picturing that. And then it, it like morphs into this animation where the skeleton is taking you away to the creep show. We get a title card for creep show, dude. That font is like the fucking best. I would yeah, definitely. The presentation is so it's, fucking impeccable on it's this movie. So good. 
so the first, so it, this this figure called the Creep takes us into this comic book creep show, and the first story is called Father's Day. <laughs> Fucking Evie's keeping us safe. Um, so Father's Day follows this rich, douchey family, and they're all getting together at their like family mansion. For Father's Day, right? For mm -hmm. Father's Day, or is it? Um, yeah, it is Father's Day, which happens to be the anniversary of, of, his, of uh, the murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Nathan Grantham was like this crotchety old bitch who think who like thought his family was gonna fucking steal his money, and he didn't trust any of them, and he was like your typical like fucking. Well, I, I picture him as, like, the little Monopoly guy, like, with all yeah. his money bags, like, fuck you, like, this is not family. Uh, is this, wait, is this the, the one who was killed? Yeah. 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 He reminds Ernie me Sanders. Of, here, yeah, here he reminds <gasps> me of Bernie Sanders. So apparently, I didn't get this, I don't know how I missed it, but apparently they made their fortune through bootlegging and, like, murder for hire and shit. I did what? not. I didn't get that. I mean, I that's... Wow. According I mean, to look, my research. Well, there's there's some subtext of like some weirdness in the family, you know. I don't remember some, like, stuff like shit. about that necessarily, but that could be just, you know, backstory notes from like Stephen King. Or oh something. yeah. So the story goes that this man was killed on Father's Day uh by his his daughter Bedelia. Aunt Bedelia. 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 Who uh <laughs> when she when you first see her, she's like this old dirty lady like smoking a cigar in her car and yeah, like, almost like running off the road grumbling about yeah she's like this like spinster she reminds know. me of what, who i'm going to be when i'm old and you've died already oh thanks <laughs> i'm gonna live forever i'm gonna be the skeleton that pops up that's, <laughs> that's how i picture myself uh so bedelia this was like, yeah, so she kills her father on Father's Day, and, and like, she was already unstable before that, because she was getting, she murdered her father, because she was getting fucking mentally abused every day by this man, and uh, she just finally, like, couldn't take it anymore and just killed her dad, uh, so the story goes. With an ashtray. So, seven. Ashtray. So, I think, I think it's seven years later, uh, this family all gets together and for their annual dinner whatever. They, no one says it's Father's Day, but that, whatever. They all get together and they eat some fucking food. And they all fucking hate each other, by the way. Like, no one likes each other. And I feel like that's like, every time I see a rich family in a movie, they all hate each other. There's no like... Yeah, this one has an especially weird dynamic, too. It freaks me out. I feel like if I have, if I had a lot of money, my family would be so happy because we would have everything we wanted and we would all... Or you just wouldn't feel a need to, like, even talk to them if you didn't like well, them. But if yeah. you like, fuck you, I got a mansion. Go to your own mansion. Yeah. If you've you always here? had that, though, if you've always, always had, had everything you ever wanted, yeah. that's not going to, like... I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so they all hate each other. And Bedelia's the last to arrive, and her whole uh, ritual is to stumble out of her car towards the cemetery where her father's buried with a bottle of Jim Beam and just sit there for an hour and She's yelling at him. Yeah, and, and get she gets drunk. Which is an, okay, an hour is excessive. I have it to is say. I think this lady is excessive in general That's though. True. Can I just say like That's true. I didn't I don't know if the father deserved to be murdered. When I watch it now I almost feel like he had dementia or something. Yeah. 
He just wanted cake really bad. He just wanted, that's all he kept saying. He just wanted I want cake. my cake. She just made enough cakes and she snapped and she fucking beat him to death with an ashtray. I feel like she's kind of the villain. This I, Can I just say this movie is so quotable too. Like I I just walk around and like, but where's my cake? <laughs> um, so Bedelia, dro- like she knocks, she's telling, she's like reminiscing about the day she killed her father in a rage and spills her Jim Beam over the grave. And we're going to learn real quick why I'm never going to bring a bottle of alcohol to a cemetery. She drops this fucking bottle, and almost immediately, shit starts happening, and Dad's body just comes straight out of the grave. And he's like, it's Father's Day! (laughs) And he looks so cool, too. I always love the the effects on that. Dude. Side, Special, yeah, yeah, side note, Tom Savini on yep. the makeup effects, you know, who did the shit for all the other George A. Romero movies. Dude, it's amazing. The best. The little so, the little way his voice sounds, like that gargle effect. Yes, put on that's all like he's underwater. So yes, cool. yeah. so weird. I love that scene. Yeah. So, meanwhile, uh, we, okay, we go from this wonderful scene of, like, this zombie, like, happy father's David, and she's like freaking out and then we cut straight to a young ed harris and his wife dancing to get to this disco down. music those horny fuckers what was they, going on that whole time they Paul's were looking so intently at I each know, other i know they were just going crazy yeah just their weird dancing too <laughs> yeah what was that oh my god also can we talk about this guy's like match obsession again <laughs> I can't get over this. Okay, Ed Harris is like the son, one of the sons, the match god, and he like he finds every opportunity to light a match in the most interesting way possible. Like he doesn't just like strike it on his old matchbook. He He has to like flicks it. Yeah, he has to like magic. He flicks one. He has to like reach behind his back, like flicking on his shoulder blade. Okay, David's shoulder blade. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever he's doing, he's gonna be locked in a box and put. Submerge 500 feet into the water, and while he's underwater, he's gonna strike a match, put the match up his ass, and flames will appear out of his eyes. Can you imagine knowing that guy in real life? Everyone's like, no, 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 no. Uh, Match guy. Oh. Everyone, like, everyone would be really impressed with him. They're like, did you see what your friend did with the matches? does this all fucking day. I'm not impressed. I don't like this anymore. Every time he opens his mouth, a match falls out. Not getting it. Give him twenty zippos. <laughs> so, so we okay. So now Bedelia is gone, and they need to they need to go look for her. And uh, <laughs> fucking Ed Harris. What do you okay? Calm down. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't stop picturing him opening his mouth and a lit match falls out. <laughs> Okay, yes, guys, but, in, but the point is, in this in this sequence, that would that would not have been weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah. Everybody would say, go with it. <laughs> well, no one would question it because this guy's magic. He's a treasure. I just want to draw a little short comic of him in matches. <laughs> so he's smoking uh, in this. I think he's in the cemetery. This cemetery is like in the backyard. Yeah, why do they have that cemetery right in the backyard? <laughs> so he's smoking and he walks up to uh, what's. I can't remember the mom's name, but she's like just some stuck up bitch. She's hot. And she, yeah, she is pretty hot for an old lady. And she. <laughs> She asks Ed Harris's character to like go and look for uh, 
for Bedelia because she's been gone for like a really long time. So he wanders out to like the fucking mistiest cemetery. I've ever, it's like up to your fucking neck. Yeah, right. Where did all that mist even come from? He doesn't go with a flashlight or anything. He just wanders off and lights a match. Lights these fucking matches, like just magicking himself. Lit he lit. He lights another match off of a baby angel's face. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Literally. Uh, and he arrives at Bedelia's grave to find the empty bottle of Jim Beam and nothing else. Uh, or except, wait, uh, except the grave was dug up, right? Like, um, or what? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yes, the grave was dug up, because then he, he falls, he falls in into he falls it. Into right, it, yeah. right. He falls into the grave, and he just lays there. Just for kind of a, a while, for a while, watching and this this statue jiggle. Over him, I, I right guess over the, the skeleton has a... Jedi zombie powers, and he's just like, as like you know. willing the statue out to crush this guy. So he, so Ed Harris is just like cowering under this fucking gravestone that's just moving around for a minute. Like you would think a guy dexterous enough to light a match anywhere, dude, could get out of that situation. All he could do is light a match in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> so that's with all the, he was thinking about with Bedelia's. Oh yeah, so Bedelia, Bedelia's dead body falls into the grave with him, which has to be fucking traumatic, I have to say. That's like your aunt, your great aunt, or whatever. And he doesn't scream this whole time. He's silent. He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then finally the statue falls, and you just hear ooh, like just this like <laughs> pathetic <laughs> yeah, yeah. scream before he gets crushed, and. uh and then I think that's when Zombie Grantham makes his way to the house to wreak havoc. He yep. is dirty. And wreak havoc he does. <laughs> He's been on the ground for like a while though. He's got blood on his He's a dirty old man. Dude, he he uh he's got maggot eyes. I'm not worried about the blood. He killed the maid, dude. Yeah, what did she do? She's right? probably like, what is she? Um Honestly, the maid is kind of the hero of the story. Like, she covered up the murder for her own girl and, like... Lemon pledge. (laughs) She just sat there in the background the whole entire time just looking at it like, these people are fucking crazy, but I've worked for them forever. So, the maid is killed, the mom finds the maid, and, uh... Turns around, gets her head twisted all the way the fuck around. Dude, that all was one of my way. favorite parts. Isn't that so satisfying, though? Yeah, it is very yeah. Because this, this lady is he's a like, bitch. He's, like, coming to her, and you almost think it's going to be, like, semi-romantic. Because aren't they a thing? They're, well, they were married, right? Right. So, like, in my mind, the first time I saw it, I was like, he, like, oh, his wife. Yeah. He probably missed her. Not nope. grabs it. Just those so big cool. maggot hands around her neck, just... All the way. That was beautiful. So then the next thing we see is zombie dad coming in with fucking severed head cake saying, I've got my cake now. And then it just ends. And it ends with the two survivors like kind of going, whoa, gross. I wonder what happened to them. What They probably got eaten. I think he sat them down. He probably strapped them down and then fed the mom to them. Like in, uh, oh no, not, I mean... Oh, that's a little different than the house that Jack built when he forced the mom to have the picnic with the dead kids. Fuck, that was so scary. That was right. so terrible. That was so fucking terrible. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it just sort of ends. And I love, that's how horror comics end. They just like, ah, oh, it's a shocker. Like, yeah, it always has to end on uh, either like 
there there is no resolution they're about to die or there's like a resolution but it's fake yeah but it's yeah then there's this other little thing like no the the demon isn't dead or whatever it is right so the next story uh we have is the lonesome death of jordy barrel which gets super dark like of all of these you know kind of crazy ass stories like this one ends on a really sad it's kind of sad in general because this one's throughout throughout the rest of the movie you kind of get the sense of like these are like horrible people that does maybe yeah. deserve some of this in some capacity. Totally. This guy just wants to make two hundred dollars so Dude, bad. I know he Jordy. just wants to pay off his loan. So, right. Uh, this one is a one man performance by the great Stephen Stay King himself. Uh, he I hate his face. He works so well in this movie because he's not a very good actor. Like he can be over the top. He's yeah. like he's just totally yeah. That he played the into the campiness. I think this was probably during big big coke phase. Oh for yeah, because he was tell. acting his ass off. Yeah, like I did not know he could do that. I've I've heard stories that he he was so coked out at that time that he re- literally wanted to direct everything about that scene himself. He wanted to do the lighting. He wanted to do the script. He I wanted to do so the funny. I could totally set. Say. He, no, yeah. I could do I could do it all at once. Yep, yep. Get this fucking camera guy out of here. Let me do that too. <laughs> yep. He wanted to be like the sound guy. Like he wanted to do everything. And uh, I got to appreciate the it. enthusiasm. I got to say, like, so. That's why he's the best. This was one of the cin- cinematography things I'm talking it's, about. This one is this so, is so good. visually it's, appealing. It's for me. beautiful. The uh, the color grading they did on like the plants the to green, like enhance bright, those. Green, yeah. yellow. Yeah. And amazing. and even the sound. When you see the plants start like erupting mm-hmm. all around, they have like these little frequencies in there, but they're really like, like yeah. So uh, it sounded like the cockroach one actually. <laughs> so one night, uh, Jordy Verrill sees a meteorite or like a little a meteor meteorite. I don't meteorite. know. I guess I'm not a scientist. Meteorite. Yeah, you know more. Meteorite. Okay. Space girl. Yeah. So uh, a meteorite crashes onto his farm, and he goes out to obviously investigate, and he, it's like glowing, and it's crazy. Looking, he touches right? it, and it turns. I thought that it was red, and then it he was... touched it, and he turned green. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Because he, yeah, so that touched it, burned. And so, yeah, so he, yeah, he reaches down and he's like, ooh, ugh. So he puts his fingers in his mouth immediately. Guys, dude, his fingers are in a fucking mouth all As, as we all know, we're in a pandemic yeah, as right we're now. Learning, yeah. <laughs> you do not put your fingers in your mouth. So, uh, he, one, he starts like thinking about it and he's like, I, how much, how much does this gonna go for, you know, if I sell to college? Like, and he starts this like wonderful fantasy of him like walking up to the meteor That's office. That's almost the college. best part. Department of Meteor. Yeah, Department of Meteor. Like, I love that like look into his brain of just that's that's why he's almost endearing because it's just this really simple person who yeah. like he doesn't want fame, he doesn't want accolades, he doesn't want a million dollars. He wants right. two hundred dollars right. to pay off some sort of loan like on his farm. Right. So he goes, you know, he is imagining he's like, you know, uh, bargaining with the guy. He's like. You know, the, the professor or whatever is like, I'll give you 50 bucks. And he's like, no, I ain't no, uh, you know, I ain't no fool or whatever. Like, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you give me 200. So he's imagining this whole situation and he's like, yeah, I get really excited. But then, uh, what, what happens? How does it break? I think it, I think it was maybe when he went to go dig it up and he like no. maybe he touches it with oh, the shovel. Oh, yeah, right? he poured water. Yeah, he poured That's water. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so he. Because it was hot. Right, Paul, and inside yeah. came out this blue liquid. Yeah, like that Power Rangers ooze. Yeah, except it's blue. Yeah, and not purple. So he, uh, OG blues. 
So now this this meteorite is cracked, and now he's imagining the situation where he's where this the same guy is like, it's worthless. It's you know whatever. I, I'll give you nothing for it. And he's like, shit, I'm fucked up. Uh, so, and then he looks down and sees, well, something on little, his fingers. They're, they're like, like little blisters. Like, Ew, and yeah. it looks so gross. Because it, looks like, white it looks like something you've seen before, like a like a person with a fungus. That's what it. Yeah. I guess that's probably what they modeled it after was like actual fungus because it looked real like that. And immediately puts it in his mouth again. Mm-hmm. So he, why wouldn't you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> he goes in, fungus. He goes inside and he sits down and he uh, starts noticing that shit is spreading. Yeah, and now he's a chia. He's like turning into a chia pet. He is. He gets little plant-like growths here and there, and before you know it, they're in his ass. Yeah, on his dick. Not there. What if that was like the hidden thing about the whole thing? It's like he turned into a plant everywhere but his dick. For okay, his dick turned into a root. What I think is really okay. What I think is extra heartbreaking in this scene is that so before it starts spreading everywhere, he just sees it on his fingers and he imagines having to go to the doctor and he's like, "Oh, those fingers have to come off," and he gets really scared. And it just makes me really sad that like, oh, that's the least of your worries, pal. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, he's imagining this horrible situation where he has to get his fingers chopped off so he doesn't go to uh, the doctor. So it just keeps growing and growing and growing until it's like all over his house. Um, and I think it's like a whole night that he's, because he draws himself a bath, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. And then he sees his dad in the mirror. Yes, I forgot about dead. that. And he's like, right. don't. Yes. That's what it wants. The, it wants, it wants the water. <laughs> but, uh, but the plants, I guess, like, are able to convince him that he Yeah, because I think, yeah, like, they, like, well, I guess, my how the, the way I see it is, like, they're, like, fusing with his DNA oh, or something. Yeah. So he's, like, getting thirsty like a right. plant does. And, like, he also. He can't resist, you know. Something that I thought of is that parasites, like, if they get into ants or little bugs and stuff like that. What happens is, is the thing, the parasite goes usually into their brain, but it'll hit their nervous system. Yeah, totally. And it will literally take control. Oh, those, like, those ones that can control, like, the bees? Yes, they can control ants, get, they'll, like, walk and stuff, and all this other stuff. But the whole, the whole point is to get the bug to a place in order to sprout. Right. So I truly think the guy was just, like, a big seed. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, driven by the, by the plant. So, like, so, yeah, ultimately he succumbs and he sits in the bathtub and soaks and the next day, he's like, he's just, you can't even see him anymore. He's just this plant cover guy. And uh, he, this is like the last two fucking minutes of this thing. And he lifts up a gun and points it at his head. And he's saying, like, please let my luck be in just once. Like, he's pleading with God so to sad. die. And, like, it's really, it's, like, surprisingly hard to it watch. It is. And like, it's, like, and what I noticed yesterday, like I was saying, the, uh, there's this TV going on the entire time. Oh, yeah. like He has the TV on and there's news reports and they always match up in these subtle ways to what you're seeing on the screen. And it right. just makes it extra heartbreaking. Yeah. So when he wakes up in the morning, it's like the local farm report. Mm-hmm. There's going to be rain, blah, 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 good news for you all. And that's just like this dude that's just a moss person. Yeah. Just blew his fucking brains out. And this is, and you get again, this like great watery gargly voice. That's like, yep. please God, just kill me. And, uh, the gun goes off and he blows his head off. 
and dies. And like, it's fucking sad. It's really sad. But I love this because the whole, he's in a real deserty wasteland looking place. And like, you can he's hear. In a, there, he's in Portland. But you can hear on the news that like, oh, everything's going to be really green. And as, as they yeah. panel, yeah, yeah. you can see all this growth. Yeah, that's that's the, the sense you get is maybe there's like a drought going on. Yeah, there's right. not a lot of money happening in the farm area. So right. like, yeah, so he basically, because of him. The, yeah. the land is getting like repopulated right. again. It's green again. Well, that's good though. Then that's, yeah. that makes me a little happier. But at the same time, <laughs> it's poor. It's poor Jordy Merrill. Come on, no. sad. Uh, so the the next one is one of my favorites. Uh, something to tide you over, starring Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. So good. This is pre Cheers. Ted Danson, like he. I mean, I think it was shortly before, but still, like this is really young Ted Danson. And uh, Leslie Nielsen, who are doing instead of a instead of it being comedic and funny, it's very serious. It's very, very serious. And they both do it so good. This is, I think, this is the best acted uh, one out of all of them. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I mean, Ted Danson's legit. Like, I've uh, always loved him. I'm, I've Cheers is a big guilty pleasure of mine yep. since I was a kid. I love Ted Danson, but Leslie Nelson fucking kills it, dude. And he, his best role ever. He as had. Far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he was doing. Uh, he was doing dramas and and uh, like villain. He was always kind of like the villain role in in movies right. in like the fifties and all that. Like he was very much used to dramatic acting before uh, comedy. So in this, like he just hones that in so well. Uh, he plays this rich, you know, kind of. I don't want to say asshole. But Ooh. he's a little bit of a psycho. Yeah, he's a, he's a sadist for yeah. sure. He's getting a lot of pleasure he's, out he, of their near death. Yeah, he's a vicious person and very wealthy. And he uh, he has just found out that his wife has been cheating on him with Ted Danson's character, who is much younger and more dashing than yeah, let's face the Danson older. Danson was hot back he was, I mean, hey, so I hate his tongue. Oh, dude, that oh, tongue was everywhere, dude. All right, and right when you said it, I'll never be able to unsee it. I hope you know you might have ruined that for me. Forever. And when you, okay. So I'm just going to focus on his tongue from now on. So let, let me be clear. So, okay, his mouth hangs open in a lot of this, and the whole time his tongue is just going, going wild. Crazy. Like, it's like he can't keep his you wanna, tongue You want to know still. my theory on that? It's the 80s. He's on coke. Everyone's oh, on coke yeah, yeah, so that's maybe his like a lot of people do it with the jaw. He's probably flicking his tongue around. He's all coked up. His what? Uh, next time, guys, next time you watch this man. movie, look for it because specifically when he's buried, he's buried when he's yeah. buried, his he's like, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going a lot. He's like trying to dig away with his tongue. Yeah, seriously. Oh, wait, I want it also to say or, or pose the question. To, maybe you actually have an answer because I don't know. Okay. But does Ted's character know that? Nielsen's wife was cheating. Yeah, because yeah. so like when okay. he first showed up, he was like, "Don't serve me." Like you know, you know oh, I know. Okay. Whatever. Like, okay. You know who I am, you son of a bitch. So I think that Ted Danson was very aware that he was the, uh, the homewrecker in this situation. Uh, the so so Leslie Nielsen comes to Ted Danson's apartment house apartment. I don't know place of living. And uh, basically says you have to do exactly what I say or else something really bad is going to happen to Rebecca, the girlfriend slash wife in this situation. So he plays a tape recording of her just like screaming randomly. 
she okay, she doesn't scream anything useful. She just screams, please come. Like that's all mm. she says. Please come. I bet she I bet she screams that a lot. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> to which one of them though? That's why she's with Toads. <laughs> Silver Fox couldn't do it for her? Uh no, I think she's saying it to Neil. She's begging for him to just be over with. Neil, I like how he's shortened Leslie Nelson to just Neil. <laughs> Fucking Neil over there. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> so, uh, so Leslie Nelson, who, I'm sorry, is Richard Vickers in this. Uh, Vickers. Vickers. He tells Ted Danson, like, we're going to take a little drive. So they drive down to a beach and uh, he tells him, he pulls a gun on him and says, get in this hole. Get in this hole that get I... Get in my hole. Get in this hole that I fucking... Get in this hole and then it will be your hole. And he tells him to get into it or he'll shoot him. So, I mean, would you would you, would you just be like, shoot me? So... Yeah, that's a like, tough you one. Have, okay. you, have to, you have to think, if you saw that in real life, you'd probably be thinking a couple steps ahead, like, oh, he's gonna fucking bury me. Right. I think that you would see that and, be, and immediately be like, well, I'm gonna die either way, because he's gonna fucking bury me, so I yeah. might as well die quickly, rather than drowning. Because drowning takes a long time. Uh, especially if you're, like... Yeah, they, way more unpleasant, dude, too. it's a real... This one... Like, this one is one of, like, the scariest situations It's a really sadistic scenario. He's So, essentially, he is burying Ted Danson's character and Rebecca uh, up to the neck in sand and just letting the tide come in. Yeah. And, as a, and that's it. And it's super simple and it is super effective. Like, I... And that's, it's, it's torturous. It's like waterboarding. I mean, they have to hold their breath every time it comes in and yep. goes out and it gets higher and higher and they have to hold their breath for longer and longer. It's, it's really scary and... Guys, I we talked about this on the Jaws episode. I am so afraid of the ocean. It's same, maddening. Like, same. Can't I love it? I love going to the beach. I love that, but I cannot like go snorkeling like you motherfuckers do, or go totally fucking ca- like cage diving with sharks. Like, no, fuck you, fuck, fuck you. Uh, so I'm just kidding. I hate. I, I hate feel it. that. No, I'll so, go up to like my knees in the beach, and that's about it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We should fucking kill the ocean, guys. <laughs> no, oh my we god. Let's never mind. Uh, I do love the I love the ocean from far away. Uh, I like being I on the beach. That. So this is like force gun. This is an especially <laughs> scary situation. Hey, for me. <laughs> so uh, oh, and what's even better is that they get to watch each other because they're watching each other through these big box TVs that they had in 1982. Oh, on the beach. What a beautiful... Beach. Again! They had to have so many wires. You see I know. You see how they have that, like, big roll of, like, cable yeah. to, like, make the VCR and all that shit they, work. They, ha- they had to, like, write a whole page of dialogue so that Leslie Nielsen could, like... I know, like, yeah. And they'll, like, roll it out have something to say. Yeah. So, um... So, the couple... Uh, so, that Leslie Nielsen's, like... I'm done here. I'm gonna go home. And he goes home and like takes a nap. He's like, he, he's like, I did a good job today. I know he's so satisfied. And they they die. They fucking drown. Like nothing else. I mean, they just fucking die. Uh, which when I first saw it, I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like, just ends right there. So wait, as he was drowning, though, I, another beautiful visual. Was That's him. one of the best shots. Yeah, yes. him like drowning in the water, oh, and it gets so all the red and the, the water seaweed. Pulls perfectly up so mm-hmm. it really does look like he's in the ocean drowning but this red emits from his face oh, yeah. like the outline of his yeah. head 
And like what that made me feel was what it, it made me feel like I was really drowning. I don't know if you heard me, but we were all watching the movie together and I was like, no, you kept like gasping. Yeah. Like a lot of, yeah, I was dying. I was like, they did such a good job of making me feel that. So when I, okay. So it should be mentioned too, that right before, uh, Leslie Nielsen leaves Ted Danson kind of like curses him. He's like, you know, I'm going to beat that for you, whatever. Mm. Uh, and so when I saw that, that like red halo around him, I, that to me was like, that's the curse. Like that's the bad juju that's, that's going to bring him back to life. I like, didn't even think of that. Yeah. Like that is that's, the, they don't mention that a lot in any of these stories really is like where anything comes from, why people are turning into zombies. There's no explanation. Right. Which so, is awesome. I love horror like that. Me too. You have to just infer what you want to. Yeah. I so like I, I totally read that red halo as like. My yeah. fucking... <laughs> I was like, he is coming. Yep. So, uh, Leslie Nielsen is back in his house. He's taking a shower. He's loving life. And he starts hearing this, these, like, fucking noises. And they sound so cool! It literally reminds me of, like, aquamarine life. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. like little, Yeah, they're... Yeah. I guarantee the sound guy probably just, like, sampled some weird ocean sounds. And like, it was Cassio. Neil is just in there, like, fucking, just, who is that? And all you hear is, <laughs> Yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> you, see, you see these two, the door opens and these two waterlogged zombies. Dude, I, they look so cool. They dude. do look so cool. I, I want to see more zombies coming out of watery graves. People die in water all the time, guys. That's, That's true. You don't see that. I can think of zombie. I don't know if you've seen zombie. Mm-hmm. That one. There's one I can think of. Land of the Dead, there's some waterlogged zombies. That's about it. But I, yeah, I I, I don't see that that often. Yeah. So, like, I love it. I mean, I don't know. I guess, whatever. Uh, so yeah, these two zombies, obviously, it's, it's Rebecca and, um, I can't remember Ted Danson's character's name, but it's Ted Danson. And Leslie Nielsen thinks he's gonna pull a fast one and uh, shoot these guys that are already dead. And they're still coming. And they're, they're like oozing this like green. They're like, <laughs> like <laughs> so good. Hell yes. Oh my god. So they just keep coming after him, and of course he empties his gun like all you know all into these their face. Lines. Yeah, into their face. And. They, it, it, there's this great, like, I love the slow motion. The person's not doing anything to defend themselves. They're just standing there. Yeah, they're while, letting like, it happen. Yeah, while they just creep ever closer. Yes, and, I'm um, out of ammo, so and I then, guess I'll stand here. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing we know, it's Leslie Nielsen uh, buried up to his neck in sand. And he, the I la- love I, this part. I dude. love it. There's a, in every, uh, in every one of these vignettes, there's a great uh, scene where everything turns blue and red. And uh, Leslie Nielsen, I, I I almost want that as a tattoo. Leslie Nielsen's like mad, his face like just laughing with, with like those heels. Isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool too because he's so he's a sadist throughout all of it. Like yeah. he takes so much pleasure in drowning them and all that. And then he's in the water and he still has that energy. He's just like, bring it on! I can hold my breath. Yeah. So like, so. Wait, so he literally looks into the camera yeah. and he's like, I can hold my breath for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, but then but then when the tide comes in, they like it splashes and he's like, he oh shits shit. He himself. Yes. It uh, totally And then flips. it freeze frames into the comic book. Yep. And it's really it so awesome. Much. I love that one. That one's so great. So the next uh, story is called The Crate. 
And I think this might be a like a lot of people's favorite. I uh, love it so much. It's uh, I don't know, just I I think like different stories in this will appeal to different horror sensibilities. Oh, so if sure. you loved like the the cryptozoic stuff, like monsters and things like that, you probably will love this one the most. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good one. I love it. So it's it is based on uh, a story that already existed called the crate. I've not read it, so I don't know what similarity similarities there are between the two. Um, so we'll just be talking about, obviously, this uh, little vignette. So we have a... Where should I start this? We have a college janitor who is cleaning up, and he's flipping a coin, and he drops it. And it goes... It, like, goes under... It, like, goes under the stairs. And it... it it goes into an area that's like barred off. He's yeah, like, they got like a metal grating, like yeah, blocking the stairs basically. And he's kind of like, "Well, what's that? What's back there?" He kind of sees something, you know. So he shines his flashlight and sees a a, a crate, uh, and it has an eighteen thirty four date on it. It's very fucking old, and it also uh, is marked as an Arctic expedition. And it also has the name Carpenter on it, so we can assume that this is an homage to the thing. Uh, Smart. It came out the same year. I don't know. Did they really come out the same year? Yeah, I think I think that's, the thing that's came funny because I, I almost felt like the thing came out later, just in terms of how it feels. I'm gonna. Ch- I thought it was '82. I'm gonna check really quick. Uh, but anyway, so I think that is a very uh, cute little yeah, 1982. Wow, uh, that's cool. Maybe they would just. I'm sure though they talked. You know. Oh yeah. Like sure. he was making that movie at the same time. Yeah, for sure. That's a really cool little detail. So he calls. The janitor calls the professor and says, hey, I think you ought to get down here and look at this thing because it's, like, super old and it says it's from the Arctic. Like, what the fuck? While all this this is going on, there's a, like, lunch party thing at the college. And I don't know what it's for. What is it? What are they all getting together for? I can't remember. Some type of (laughs) get-together. School fun. Just uh, coming together to talk shit. Sex orgy. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so the... Uh, I don't know what if I should go chronologically or if I should... Whatever, fuck it. So the fucking professor <laughs> shows up and uh, they both look at this crate and they open... They, like, fucking take it into a into one of the labs and they open it. What year did they say? The eight, eight, 1834. That's... That, if what we, I mean, I would have done the same thing. I'm sorry, but I oh, yeah, love. Sure. Well, how would you know there's a fucking gorilla monster? Yeah, inside? nobody's thinking there's gonna be something inside this thing. I feel like I totally would have been like, that's true. I feel like it, that would be my curiosity would just. Be my too. thing is back then there was probably a lot of like uh, trade going on, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, this is definitely gonna have some kind of like. So many silver, yeah, something. <laughs> So they open it up, and uh, at first they don't really see anything, but when the janitor... Oh, wait, was it the janitor that stuck his hand in? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was. Sticks his hand in there, gets fucking eaten. Straight up. Well, his arm gets eaten. Uh, would you have pulled? Or would you have been like, oh, I hope he lets go kind of thing? I would have pulled. Would you have pulled? What do you like, mean? Like pulled on the janitor, or if no, I was like, the janitor, if you were tried the janitor. to pull it? 
Well, I don't know. I think he did try to pull away, but then like the thing got his arm and he's like half dead sitting at the bottom of the crate for a while there. He's like probably losing blood in shock. I just, when I saw that part, I like, I have a, I have a heart. I can relate a lot with like human pain. So when I see it on the TV, I, I get weird. Sometimes I get like anxiety. Shh. God, she licks so loud. She's like, <laughs> oh my God, I have to get it all She's not even licking anything though. I know. Just thin air. I know. It's hard. Okay. So <laughs> the only thing I thought when I saw that, I just thought about all of my nerves. Yeah. Nerve pain is different than just like I can't, other pain. I can't yeah. watch that scene in under 27 hours where he cuts off his arm. Like, I can't. I did, and I screamed while oh, I watched like I'm the same way with the chest burster from Alien. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of have to turn away every uh, time. Yeah, it's, it's some... Ugh, they get it right. They get it right a lot. Yep. And, it's, and it'll... It'll yeah, and this, this one is pretty good. Like, when he's sitting at the bottom of the crate before he gets pulled in, like, I don't know. There's something about it that just... It's really shot well, and it feels real-ish mm-hmm. in that universe at least so while this is going on we are introduced to what will be i guess our main protagonist henry or i guess not protagonist but person of interest uh, hero maybe yeah who, uh who's henry who is um is at this party with his really fucking horrible wife uh named wilma aka billy just call me Billy. Who is, like, honestly, she wouldn't be so bad if she wasn't so demeaning to Henry. Like, she is vulgar. Like, she's in at this party with all these, like, stuffy right. professors. And she's, she's like, dr- you know, she's getting drunk and, you know, talking shit about people. Like, she's just, like, kind of crude. But then she goes into talking shit about her husband. Yeah, that's when it gets really uncomfortable for the people around her. Right. Because her energy at first is just, like... She reminds me of Carla from Cheers. Just, she, like, just gregarious, like, yeah. yeah. But when it gets to Henry, she's just, just straight up cruel. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, Talk you know, shit to him. Right, talk kind, him kind down. Kind of like dominatrix vibes. Almost. For sure. Like, like you can be certain that. garbage, Henry. Yeah, dude. Uh, there was a moment where he, like, didn't he say he loved her or some shit? And she was like, I feel the same. She was like, fuck me. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that at all. But um, they just were weird. So, and Henry just takes it. He's he's mm-hmm. used to it. He's he's that's been their whole marriage. Yeah, he's a very uh, very anti uh, conflict kind of person. Yep. Just ignore it. Like, yeah, that's my wife. Like, that's how she talks to me. Like, dude, come on. So he is pulled into this by uh the professor who escapes this crate attack he like oh yeah for so like meanwhile oh yeah what the janitor yeah yeah, so the janitor dies the teacher the professor uh runs out and runs into like his ta or it's like he's like a student i think he's like gonna graduate this year or something and tells him like, tells him about this thing. Like, you have to help me with this thing. We have to look at blah, blah, blah. And then he fucking gets eaten. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. This guy's, okay, this professor's fucked. Like, he's just leading people to He this basically thing. is, and right? Having, like, why would you tell, like, what? He just straight up murdered this. <laughs> I will say, though, he did a, he, he actually made me feel panicky. He did a good job at that. Like, I felt like. Oh, just his, like, distress Yeah, mode. his yeah. genuine fear of this I thing. I love, I love that. So, uh, 
So the, the professor decides to enlist the help of Henry, who this whole time has been, like, fantasizing about killing his wife. Which yeah, is, those like, are the cool little great. aside, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the story is such a slower build than the oh, other yeah. ones as far as, like, not showing a lot of horror elements. Those right. little moments where he fantasizes about killing Wilma are, like, your little little horror tidbits until you get to the good part. My favorite is when he shoots her in the head of the party and then everyone just starts <laughs> Every, clapping. Everyone turns to him like, oh my god, but yeah, they just clap and he's just like, oh yeah. He's the hero of the day. Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, she is pretty horrible, guys. Uh, so, he, okay, so Henry learns about this monster and he's like, I have an idea. <laughs> I have a yeah, great idea. It didn't take idea. him long either. Not at all, dude. Like, he's, right away. He's straight up excited about this. He's like, dude, I got you. I'll get rid of it. I'll get rid of it. I know. And it's such, isn't that such a stretch too? Like there's a billion other ways to kill your wife, but you're going to be like, yeah, I'll bet there's an evil monster that'll do it. Yeah. So he, I'm going to make a genuine observation when we get to a certain part. Okay. okay. So he, he, uh, he devises this plan to get, because I, I don't know, Wilma like went home for some reason, so he has to get her back to the college and like devises this whole plan for Wilma to come back uh, when no one's around so that like he can lead her to this crate. Um, and when she gets there, he's like, oh, so-and-so's under the stairs and she's drunk and like, you gotta go help her. Which is, like... Really elaborate, too. It's really... Yeah, you gotta keep it simple, dude. Like, if you're gonna lie... He like, does kind of bait her into it, though, because she's like, what What happened? What is it? And he just gives her this look, like, ooh, yeah, you like, see okay, this Okay, you shit. better see, yeah. yeah. As, as she is... As he is telling her this over the phone, or while she's reading it, mm. she's got... She's got a glass. She fills the glass full of milk. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then she yes. pours... I believe it was bourbon. Bourbon? Or into, something into like some, that, whiskey, yeah. into, into milk? this glass of milk. And, and she, she just drinks this I, ju- I just want, I hope one of your followers knows what the fuck is happening in that scene. If can, anybody like, knows what info. milk and alcohol tastes like, or if, is, if that's a thing, or if it's like some sort of inside joke with like the yeah. directors or something. Well, I like, see a I, lot of people in horror movies drink milk. <laughs> I, literally, I've been seeing it a lot. Even the movies that we've been watching, I'm like, I have a glass of milk. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then she drives, she drives with it. She takes her milk from home, her milk and alcohol, and, like, drives it to the college to meet fucking Henry, and, uh... Glass of milk to go. Yeah, so, you know, there's this lie about this friend who's drunk up the stairs, so she goes to check it out, and he finally, like, pushes her into the, you know, little thing under the stairs, and, like, he's, like, calling for the monster to come out, and he chooses this moment to not show up. Uh, so we're just left with the wife, you know, berating him some more. Yeah, like, beating him with where, her purse. Where would you be without me? You're a know-nothing, you blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then we get a wonderful jump scare <laughs> of this monster just, like, popping. He looks like the abominable snowman in Disneyland in the, at the Matterhorn. That's what he kind of looks like. I, yeah, I totally so see that. So he uh, grabs uh, uh, Wilma and eats her right the fuck up. Tears her fucking throat. Yeah, I love the the uh, kill scenes in this are all really good. They're like, so the good. The makeup effects are great. Tom Savini. He shout out again. down this movie. So good. Um, and uh, Henry's just like cool, fucking great. He's having a great time. 
So now uh, Henry has to get rid of the crate. So he's able to like lock it back up and put it in his truck, which is weird because in the beginning of the thing they couldn't move it. I don't know, whatever. The, I, don't, I have no idea. Like I can't gauge like how heavy this thing is. Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm right. They needed two people movie, like, at first, heavy. but then Henry has it all by himself. Yeah. So he gets his crate. Uh, he gets this crate in his truck. Goes to the quarry, and he's gonna like just dump it at the bottom of the quarry, and so he does, and it lands in this like in the water and uh and then he's like all right my job is done and he's none the wiser uh goes home and talks to his professor friend right because he didn't get killed who's he talked to at the end? yeah he's he's uh yeah because he's the professor because before he goes to you know kill wilma he like drugs his friend basically yeah so, so he'll be none the wiser and right. then he goes back and he tells him about the murders which is really funny because he's like, there's no hard evidence. There's no way it could blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, your wife and two of your colleagues are dead. Yeah, like, once, like yeah, once they realize everyone around you is missing, <laughs> like, like you're, you're a pretty common thread for all them. So he, um, meanwhile, the, we, he, oh yeah. And he's like, he's like, what if the Stanley's like the professor? He's like, what if it gets out? What if, you know, what if it gets out of the crate? And Henry's like, Shut up. <laughs> and that's not gonna happen, bro. And uh, the last fucking little bit of the movie is uh, the thing in the broken box. Yep. Busting out. Busting out in the water. I love that shot, I love too. that, dude. I love those endings that are like... They're so good. I'm... Just my observation. I'm just gonna say the wife and the husband... What were their names? Uh, the wife was Wilma. The bitch, Billy... Billy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just call me Billy. Everyone does. And who is the guy? Henry. Henry, yeah. Okay, so I think if Henry just, like, choked the shit out of her, just slapped her. Like, you know when he when the, when the thing had her, she just, I don't know. I feel like she needed to be hurt, and then their marriage would have been great. <laughs> wow. That's a weird message. I feel, well, she's so dominant, you know, she's so like, in front of people. He needs to like fight back a little bit. If he, yeah, she, get if, it out of his system. Yeah. Look at him. He had it in him all, the whole time. He had murder in him. Yeah, totally. If he had murder in him, he could have had a little bit of like, I don't know, fuck this bitch up. And she would <laughs> well, have been so much more And he did, have an, he did have an outburst. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. He didn't feel better after that, obviously. He got so excited when that thing popped out and ate her. I, I think, think if he came, though. Fuck, finally, bro. I think that the healthy thing to do would have been to get a divorce. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> just probably leave that person. It's like if you're fantasizing about killing her every day. Yeah. Might want to just go for that step. He let yeah. it go too far. Uh, so the, the final segment is, uh, I always say it's my favorite, but my favorite changes all the time. So right this now is it's, best. this is the best. It's right. the hardest to watch. It, yeah. This one for me is, is the hardest to watch this. Of course, we're talking about they're creeping up on you. Uh, probably the most famous, uh, vignette in this. It's series. the one people really remember. Yeah. It's the most universally affecting to people, uh, I think. It okay. Yep. So I guess if you have a problem with roaches, either skip it or just deal with what we're gonna have to say because hey it's about cockroaches yes um so upson pratt is a very wealthy uh asshole yeah he lives in his penthouse apartment in i guess new york city it's kind of ambiguous but i i'm i'm thinking new york city and um 
he is a germaphobe. He, his whole house is immaculately clean. He kind of, it, like, it almost looks like a, like a lair. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, a, it's like a know. 70s, like, space station yeah, or something. It's all sure. very white. He's, like, constantly spraying everything down with, like, whatever Lysol or whatever he has. I, I do have to say that this, I think this one is the most, like, uh, vocal as far as social commentary. Like, this right. This could be read very much as a racist person who is afraid of a well, minority. And he's and he's the elitist, too. Right. Like, he right. sees this guy with all this power. And all of these dirty... He, yeah, even has this racist are... moment with, like, the black guy, the uh, yeah. black exterminator. Yes. That's real... Honestly, I never put that together. You're completely right. And that's, George A. Romero is big for that, obviously. So he, he is a guy, he's the, like I said, this guy who is, is uh, very mean and very elitist and very rich. And he has a roach problem. He keeps uh, seeing roaches in his apartment and they are disgusting. <laughs> They're nasty. They're huge. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm yeah, fucking sorry. It's no CGI. I it's, nope. It's they real had, roaches they had 20,000 roaches. That they had, and they, I heard, I was listening to uh, George Romero talk about when they were shooting this, and when they, when they had to have these scenes where they were all over the place, right. they would do it, they would dump all these, and then they would be gone. They were like, and then they were gone, and then we like, we had to like, get them out of Oh, the yeah, because they would just scatter. Cockroaches can, the, even the fucking huge oh, ones, dude, can get into tiny ass little spaces. Guys... I, every once in a while, I will run into a cockroach and I fucking pee my pants. Like, I can't deal with it. Give me, I will deal with a spider. I will deal with Didn't a scorpion. Didn't charge you in your own home? In my apartment in New York City. Yes. Oh, when I was in film school. Guys, those don't, don't even get me started on the New York City roaches. Like, those are a whole <laughs> well, Most of the roaches I've seen were just like on their backs looking all dumb. You like, know, most things in New York up. are intense, but I didn't think their bugs were like fucking pugs too. Yeah, I think so. The rats. I'm a New York cockroach. It's a fucking you know, New York cockroach. So, you fuck you. <laughs> this is also perhaps like one of the simplest stories. Like this guy who is a germaphobe all of a sudden gets this roach infestation. And like, that's, that's it. He's trying to get people to help him, but he's a piece of shit. So no one wants to help yep. him. And... No, Pretty, so, Mr. Brad. There's there's really disgusting scenes. They're just really they're really unnecessary. Well, like they're totally necessary because they're great, but they're totally disgusting. Right. He like opens up a cereal box and they like jump out of the cereal it's, box. It's all yeah. Those things were really affecting. Like Ugh. I was telling her like that actually made me weird about like I always have to close cereal boxes now. Yes. Ever since I saw that, because I always think about that. Not necessarily roaches, but any bugs. It, right. I put that in my head for. Exactly. So, like, he's trying to make himself some food, and and somehow these roaches keep getting into it, and like, it's really disgusting. Uh, and soon there's a power outage, and when the I think it's I don't know if it only comes. No, never mind. The power's just out, and all of these fucking roaches just swarm this fucking place. And and again, <laughs> these are twenty thousand roaches. These are real roaches. They're all huge, and they're crawling up. This dude, this actor, E.G. Marshall, who like was like burying in his arm. You, if if I if the one movie opportunity for me was a horror movie with roaches, I would say, I'd be like, no. You remember? That dude, dude was brave. Hour. That dude was brave as fuck. 
you remember when I asked you what you imagine your hell should look like? That would be it. Yeah. Just <laughs> being t- And this- you know what? I think it's that way for a lot of people, which is why this is such an effective... Like, well, mine, I mean, they are doing close-ups of these things. They're right in the... You can see their little fucking eyes. And they and they build it up slow. It's just like, yeah. it's just one roach at first. He just has a roach. And then there's a couple more roaches over here. And, they and play it's the just more strings. and more until they fucking do your roach impression. <laughs> That's not it. There you go. There you go. See? That. See? Until it's just a million of those at once. And so, that's the most... Ugh. Um, he eventually makes his... He has to make his way into his roach panic room uh, for just this situation. <laughs> the roach bunker. And, uh, oh, oh, and I forgot to mention that uh, before this whole thing starts, he finds out that one of his, like, business rivals just killed himself. Uh, shot himself oh, in the yeah, head yeah. and the wife calls and he's like and says that in his suicide note he says that like you're the reason why I'm shooting myself and like he's delighted he's like totally happy with that Not and also the way he talked was so like poignant for what you know like things in society right now he said some to the effect of like I never cut anyone that didn't like hand me the knife and stretch out their neck dude you know yeah I mean? oh, it's, it's like they put themselves in the position for me to be predatory towards them, right. like that kind of attitude. Oh, and at so this bad. moment, he puts on his record player, a really light, happy music. Well, just, yeah, because the power As comes back on. He's, and, he's uh, delighting in the fact that he's not one of them. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? yeah. yeah. So he's stuck in this panic room, and he's playing, he's like, the phone rings, and I don't know if this, if this is real or... Okay, because here's the thing. A couple of things happen that, to me, seem like this isn't really happening. It's all happening in his head. Right. Because, like, there's a scene where he crushes one of the bugs and then he lifts up his glove and there's nothing there. That's So, like... And then there's this whole thing about this lady calling for a second time and kind of chanting this, like, I hope you die, I hope you right. die. And, like, that can't be what's really happening. At that's, that that's a really interesting take on it, though, because he's a germaphobe. So right. this could be almost like you're uh, seeing like a visual representation of his thoughts. Right. Uh, what he thinks of roaches. And so like, yeah. So like, is this, cause okay. The amount of roaches you guys gets totally insane. It like, li- you, there's like two I, feet I call deep of roaches. Up. That's the only way I can describe it. Which were, by the way, mostly were raisins and nuts. Really? That like stacked at the end of the, like all the stacked like roaches really? are mostly nuts and raisins. That's smart. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, so I don't think that this is literally happening that like tens of thousands of roaches are invading his home. I think that, I think that one roach got in or maybe two and he just like fucking. Yeah. That's where his brain spiraled him out too. That's a super interesting take on that. So the roaches, it's kind of ambiguous, but the roaches kind of take over. He turns, so in his panic room, he like turns over his bed and there's all these fucking roaches and they kind of like overtake him i guess like get inside of yeah. him next thing you know he's laying his dead body is laying on the ground this fucking great like fake dead body is just like uh, yeah. laying on the ground another hit from savini and at first you just see like blood coming out of his head like squirting yeah and then you just see roaches coming out of his when they when they pop out of his chest, I can lose my mind. That's Ew. the part of this I just have to turn away. They burst forth from this man, and yep. uh, and then it's the last shot is just a panic room, this glass room full of roaches, and it's oh, gross. But I love it. I love it. Makes me like. I know. 
It's a good metaphor, though. For what? He's the man, we're the roaches. You yeah, know? he's he's afraid of the, yeah. the common person. Yeah, all those numbers. So, uh, so the so then it the the comic book closes. You know, like you're done reading it, and uh, two garbage collectors, one of which being Tom Savini, uh, comes man. up and picks up the trash and finds this creep show magazine and starts thumbing through it. And they uh, mention this voodoo doll, like, advertisement that's on there. And, and they're like, oh, somebody already sent out for it. They already cut out. Because that was something that you did back mm -hmm. in the day. You know, you cut out your coupon and you send it in and you get a thing. So uh, so then we see, we find out that it's little Billy that has that voodoo doll. And he's fucking voodooing the shit out of his dad. Going to town on his dad. Dude, he's like stabbing his dad in the neck with a fucking Straight up, just for taking his comic. He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill my dad. He's evil. Like, he's like, want another shot, dad? And like, pokes it into his fucking neck. So yeah, that's how it ends. It ends with this kid, you know, I guess he killed his dad? Yeah, I feel like it. Or he really booted him good. And and that's it. That's the movie, mm -hmm. and it's the fucking best, you guys. Please, like, it's so much fun. You should just watch it. It like, is. It's a really fun movie. It has scary parts. It has great effects. Great, great lighting. light. Yeah, lighting, music, everything came together so great. It's like just comic so books and horror and just like, guys, this movie is two hours long, and it felt like an hour. Yeah. I was right. like, whoa. Went by so fast. You like, want to see more. I want to yes. see more so fast. Yeah, bad. it's so enjoyable. Ah, yeah. and I'm just, that's why I'm so... I, I wish there was the more, series. like, art Well, there like is that. a creep show, too. There, yeah, yeah but, and I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's and pretty good. It's not as good, but it's good. That so one also had uh, George Romero and Stephen King. Not as prominent, uh, but, but the third one that came out in, like, 2000 six or something or six i don't know yeah i never i never saw that never saw that either because yeah. that that one wasn't stephen king or george Romero, so i was like All right, well, a lot of that's yeah. kind of a product of the time too that's why i'm not surprised that the new one isn't great it's hard to like it's, replicate what was happening with horror movies back then right and i think that i'm i well okay this is in my opinion jordan peele should have gotten behind the creep show train right because i think that he could do horror comedy God. but I, but horror comedy is so different now than it was like even just that subgenre in general yeah because they now. they draw a lot of it back then was accidental it's hard to tell sometimes right. how much they knew they were being cheesy and not exactly like from evil dead to evil dead 2 it's it's like a weird switch like they figured out they were being funny and played it up right and a lot of horror movies followed suit those are my favorite kind the ones that like play with that little line between like death and comedy you know right yeah, so um, obviously I think all three of us uh, give a very enthusiastic two thumbs up. Yep. Uh, Highly recommended. All four of them. All four all, of these thumbs. All four of them. find two more right quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I hope that we all have a better week, guys. I really, be safe out there if you're going to go to protests and if you're going to Go out and support your community. Just make sure that you guys all stay safe because we do not need... If you go out, bring water. If you go out, remember to bring milk. If yeah. you're wearing a mask, remember if you get hit with gas, it's probably in your mask. Don't rub your eyes. Don't rub your face after you pour milk on your face. It, yep. It's Also try to social distance still while you're there. Yes. As much as you can. Yeah. Don't, so... Yeah, just don't... 
don't be stupid about things. Yep. Be yeah. very cautious and aware. Yeah, we love you guys, uh, and we want you to have a better week. So I can't remember. Oh, next week is Chelsea's birthday episode. Birthday. Yeah, next week is Chelsea's birthday episode, so you don't want to miss that because we are covering Sweeney Todd with our very special guest, Bubba McComb, uh, who is a uh, an amazing comedian here in Phoenix. So. You don't want to miss that, and if you want to follow us for all the other posts and announcements and things, uh, you can follow our Instagram page, at FlickChicksOfficial. Uh, you can follow me, I'm Sheridan, at YourGoliathPal. i got to change my name, dude. I'm not a Goliath You're never going to change it. I know. It's, it's so really, good! It's such a good pun! Talk, you say that almost every I single... I can't let go of the... almost every single pun. I can't let go of it. Pop, 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 pop. Poop. Um... My name's Chelsea. You can follow me at lunar underscore waifu on Instagram, and that's it. Uh, but be more. Be more. Be Well, wait. I wanted to say you're you're an incredible producer. You're an incredible singer. You're an incredible rapper. You're an incredible you. artist. And I'm before I even loved you. I uh, I was a fan. I was a fan. Since, I was a fan of yours too. Sincerely, and um, I just want everybody to uh, know how they can listen to your incredible um, artistic. Yeah, voice. I'm I'm on pretty much everything. Uh, my my YouTube channel is uh, Be More Raps B dot M M M O O R E. Sorry, I'm doing too many letters in places. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Be More Anything. Instagram is bmo underscore ubt, as well as Twitter. I'm not on there that much, but uh, Spotify, just search my name or whatever your streaming thing of choice is. Kind of all over the place. I'm inevitable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. You can't stop me, buddy. <laughs> Go do rap hands in your face. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being Thank guest. you guys for having me. This yeah. is super fun. Super I don't fun. get to talk about this kind of stuff with anybody anymore, so... It's yeah, it's we, we love finding more people to talk horror with, so and who share the similar passion that yes. we do. Totally. Alright guys, uh that's it for this week. Uh thanks for tuning in to another episode of 